Uh, indeed, it is good to be with you today. My name, uh, as you might remember, is Pastor Greg Finke. I'm the executive director, founder of Dwelling 114. Dwelling 114 is uh, a name that comes from John 114. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And the reason we chose that name is just a reminder that if any of us fancy ourselves to be followers of Jesus, not just the religion of Jesus or the teachings of Jesus, but the resurrected spirit of Jesus on the loose in Fairfax County, that one. We're going to find ourselves being with, hanging out with, spending time with, dwelling with people who don't know Jesus or don't know Jesus very well. And here's what I know about y'all. That's not that hard, is it? <laughs> You're right, that's not funny. Um, but it's true. It's not that hard for us to be with people who don't know Jesus or don't know him very well. They're members of our own family sometimes. They are certainly within about 100 feet of anywhere you're standing in your own uh, yard. You would see unchurched, unchristian people around. Certainly at your workplace, within several dozen feet of you are people that don't know Jesus or don't know him very well. Those of you that go to school in your classrooms, in the hallways, in the playgrounds, there are within reach of you people who don't know Jesus or don't know Jesus very well. And since that is the case, since you know Jesus and they don't, since we are Christians, Jesus' followers living in a mission field, even though it's called home, even though it's called work, even though it's called school, we are by definition missionaries. Now, I didn't say you want to be known as that or you like to be called that, but it makes you who, that makes who you are. Because you know Jesus and you're with people that don't. Now what I do is we go to congregations across the country just like St. John's. Come alongside leaders, pastors, uh, those who are willing and ready to begin learning how to be discipled, to start joining Jesus on his mission in the places we already live and work and go to school. This is something that God is stirring up all across our nation. Last week I was in Anchorage, Alaska. This week I'm in Alexandria, Virginia. Next week we'll be in Topeka, Kansas. The week after that is, uh, where is it? Uh, Orlando, Florida. Thank you, Christy. She even knows my schedule better than I do. <laughs> I want to take her with me, I think. Uh, yeah, no, so uh, God is stirring up his people all over the place. Why? Because we are waking up to the fact that we're no longer churches planted in the middle of Christian communities to service Christians. But rather we now find ourselves churches that are planted in the midst of a mission field, discipling missionaries to go out and join Jesus. Now, if you're anything like I have been in the past, hearing about, thinking about you being a missionary in your own neighborhood, your own workplace, your own school, probably gives you what we call down in Texas, the willies. Do y'all have the willies up here in Virginia? Yeah, that, that feeling of unease, maybe even dread. In fact, some of you are on the verge of uh, being physically sick right now as you think about yourself being a missionary uh, out there where God's already put you. And I don't blame you for that because you, like me, probably have something precisely backwards that would, of course, scare you silly. 
And that is that we presume that we're supposed to go out for Jesus and be a missionary in our neighborhood, workplace, or school. And doesn't that sound like a bad plan? <laughs> well, I thought that was funny. Uh, uh, it is indeed a bad plan. How many of you believe Jesus is smarter than you? Just a quick show of hands. Hey, not bad. In the first service, it was about a 70-30 split at best. So, no, I'm just kidding. They all had their hands up too. The bottom line is this. Yes, Jesus is smarter than us. So, of course, Jesus isn't going to send us out to do something that none of us can actually do. You see, being a missionary in your neighborhood, your workplace, your school, is about pursuing the mission of God which is to redeem and restore all things and nothing personal. I know you're above average in every way, but that, my friends, is above your pay grade. You're not able to redeem and restore anyone. You're not able to change anyone's heart, change anyone's mind, change anyone's eternal destiny. We know someone who can and does. What's his name? We're in church. The answer is probably Jesus. That's right. You see, we're not going out for Jesus. That would be a bad plan. We're going out with Jesus. That actually is the plan. You see, Jesus was sent into this ruined world to redeem and restore all things. The Father knew that he would send his Son, and he would be in charge of all the hard, complicated things that would require a Son of God. And then all the really simple stuff that would require somebody to be no more than a little child, he gave to us. In fact, he said it very bluntly in Matthew 18. Unless you change and become like a little child, you'll certainly have no part in the kingdom of God. He's not saying you're going to go straight to hell. He's saying that if you don't get over yourself, over your self-importance or your self-fear, your self-doubt, your self-confidence, they're going to miss out on what God's doing right around us. This isn't about self-confidence. This is about Jesus' confidence. This is above my pay grade. But all I have to do is follow him. And what does the Father give us to do as we follow Jesus? Jesus is already ahead of us. He's already uh, on the job ahead of us. He's already on the move. He's already on the loose. He's already in the lives of every human being you see. He, he's already ripening them, preparing them. For what? Well, for us. For us to be in friendship with them, to take a little bit of what we have in an abundance and offer it freely. A little love, a little grace, a little laughter, a little attention, a little help, a little truth, a little insight, a little grace. Things we have in abundance. Things that we've had ever since we were baptized. How many of you are baptized? All right, I'm looking at you. Most of you, it's been a really long time since you were baptized. You've had these things for decades in abundance. What Jesus is inviting us to do is to join him in the places we already have been put and look for folks who need a little bit of what you have in abundance. And then, of course, what? Get over yourself. Humble yourself and offer what you already have in abundance. Anybody can do it, even a little child. In fact, unless we become like a little child, we probably won't do it. Not because it's not simple, but because we don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And so we humble ourselves. We repent. We get over ourselves. 
we deny ourselves, take up our cross, and join the adventure with Jesus. Can you imagine, friends, if all the Christians in church today worshiping Jesus went home and did the one thing he gave them to do? Can you imagine if all the Christians in church worshiping Jesus today went home and started loving their neighbor as their self? taking a little bit of what they already have in abundance and have had in abundance since they were baptized. Bless you. And started, treat, and, started, and started treating your neighbors better than they deserved. Well, pastor, you don't understand. My neighbor irritates me. You don't understand. My, my, neighbor, my neighbor intentionally does stuff to me. Well, you are blessed among men and women then. <laughs> You're going to have an opportunity to learn what it's like to truly operate in the realm of grace. Because what does grace mean? Treating folks better than they deserve. Kind of like the way God the Father treats us because of God the Son. Better than we deserve. That's what it means to join Jesus on his mission. Not to be a Jesus salesperson. Of course we should have the willies on that one. Not to be pushy, presumptuous, trying to think of the right words, trying to twist the arm in just the right time, smiling big, whatever it might be. In fact, if you think you're supposed to be a Jesus salesman in your workplace, your school, your neighborhood, I got two words of biblical advice. Ready? Stop it. You're not doing any good. Who's the only one that can make a sale of Jesus in any person's heart or mind? Jesus, we're good Lutherans. We know the answer to that. Absolutely. And he does it the way that actually works, from the inside out with actual transformation, not from the outside in with some kind of slick presentation. You see, we're not called to go for Jesus and be Jesus salespeople. We're called to come with Jesus and be a Jesus follower. When we're following Jesus, we're not instigating, we're not manipulating, we're not manufacturing. We're watching for what's already happening. We're listening for what's already being said. We're recognizing what's already seems to be in play. And then we're offering a little bit of what we have in abundance, the very thing that would look to them like a cool cup of water. You see, when you're joining Jesus on his mission in the places you live and work and go to school, you won't look pushy, you won't look presumptuous, you won't look like a Jesus salesperson, you won't look like a fussy Pharisee wagging your finger in everybody's face who happens to be crossing your lines. No, when you're joining Jesus on his mission, you'll look like to your neighbors, like to your co-workers, like to the other kids in class, like you're being a good friend like you're being a good neighbor. Wouldn't you love to have a neighbor that was full of love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness? Wouldn't you love to have a neighbor like that? Well, dear friends, you are that neighbor. You're the one that's been given those things and in abundance since you were baptized. And again, no offense, but some of you, that's been a really long time ago. You've had it, you've had it, you've had it. <sighs> time to get over yourself. 
and start to give away a little bit of what you have. Start to be the reason your neighborhood starts to be a neighborhood. Your workplace starts to be a team. Your, uh, your classroom starts to be a place where people aren't hiding and scared or uh, afraid of one another, but are starting to be friends with one another. You're a reason something good is happening in the life of someone that is regularly within your reach. Not because you're trying to be a good boy, trying to be a good girl. That is exhausting and unnecessary. When were you declared good? Okay, I had three people say it at their baptism. Let's all try to get a little more enthusiastic about this. When were you declared good? (laughs) Done deal. Done deal. You don't have to prove you're good anymore. That is distracting. It is exhausting. It is unnecessary. You are good by God's grace. You are filled with good by God's grace. Now you get to be a way that a little good gets loose in the lives of people around you. That's fun. You have been created in Christ Jesus to do the work that is good that he prepared in advance for you to do. So tomorrow morning is one of the baptized. As your eyelids flutter open, you're looking for coffee, all right? You 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 can say two things. Good God, it's morning. Or good God, it's morning. Okay, that wasn't that good of a joke. Uh, but, but this is what is true. The one who is with you always, his name is Jesus. He'll be right there. Good morning. As soon as you're ready, let's go. We have some things prepared for you to do. Come follow me. That's what it is to join Jesus on his mission. Do you see why willies are unnecessary? Fear is unnecessary. Worrying about saying the right thing at the right time, getting it all just right, like a combination like Bach, unnecessary. Why? Because Jesus is in control. The Father has a timing and a sequence and a purpose. You're just a little child coming along for the fun of being a way by which some love, some good, some truth, some friendship, some kindness, some patience gets loose in the life of someone that frankly, we'll be very thankful for it. Y'all do know Jesus does more than go to church on Sunday, right? Yeah. So as you're heading out, realize this, he's ahead of you, not chasing to try to catch up with you. We're joining him on his mission. The time has come. Dear friends, the kingdom is on the loose in Fairfax County. Repent. Believe the good news. Come follow me. Enjoy your adventure. In Jesus' name, amen.